0: Welcome to IB Voices. My name is Sky, and at the IB, I work to seek out unique stories about IB alumni from all over the world.
1: Hi, my name is Miley, and I work with Sky. Welcome to a new podcast series.
0: Today, we'll be speaking with Lynn Nantisha. She is a recent graduate of Chula Lungkorn University in Thailand and a rising environmental journalist.
1: Lynn and I are also IB student classmates at KS International School in Bangkok, Thailand throughout the middle years and diploma program.
0: Today, we will be speaking with Lynn about her role in Climate Strike Thailand and how her experience as an Ivy student fostered her interest in the environment.
1: Let's get started.
0: So we're so glad you're here to talk to us today. To kick us off, tell us a little bit about Climate Strike and what you do now.
2: So Climate Strike Thailand is part of um, a global movement that's been going on called Fridays for Future, which was started by this Swedish girl, Greta Thunberg, who, yeah, she just started striking in front of the Swedish parliament and became one huge global movement demanding climate action, climate justice. The way I got into it was basically I was in class in university and I was... Bored, <laughs> so yeah. looked on my. I was going through my on my phone, um, read some news and saw this article about her, who she is as a person, not just what she does. Um, and yeah, I related a lot about frustration with the amount of things being done for our environment and for climate change. So
0: what? Yeah, go on. What specific climate? topic issue did you relate with? How do you relate with someone who's in a totally different continent working on the same topic? Like what resonated with you as someone who's interested in the environment?
2: So how Greta came to start striking was she she just it grew out of frustration. She was very frustrated about how little people cared about climate change or the environment in general and that no one was doing anything. Politicians just talk and all that. And and I feel I feel the same way. I've I've felt that way for years, you know, and That's why I got into environmental journalism because I I figured I like writing and that's my way of doing anything in the field. When I read about her, it it was nice to know that someone was as frustrated and just upset and often depressed as I was feeling with our treatment of the environments. And someone who got up to do it,
1: that was inspiring. So now that you've told us a little bit about climate strike and like why you do it, can you share with us some stories that are most inspiring to you? I
2: think the way I started climate strike was just out of feeling like I was the only one who cared about the environments. At first, I wasn't actually going to strike. I was just gonna, you know, have people skip school and work. But people got so interested, you know. And in five days, this event gained the attention of five six hundred people online and that to me was was a lot it really showed that like hey okay actually people do care I just don't maybe I don't go out enough to talk to people who do care and like a lot of activists maybe feel that a lot of us start out alone and then once we someone steps up to do something a bunch of people join because people do care people inspire people and so the more I do this climate strike the more inspiring people I meet And it it keeps me going, you know, knowing that I'm not the only one doing it. And it does make a collective impact.
0: As a rising environmental journalist, what kind of challenges do you think you'll face now or in the future?
2: I think the biggest challenge is trying to understand the people who don't really care about the environment. To me, it's become a very essential part of who I am and just... Yeah, I can't I can't physically understand how people don't realize just how important the environment is to our, our well being and our survival and just how much we have to thank the earth for. It's shifting away from blaming people and being like, Hey, why don't you care about the environment? Why won't you do this? And and just trying to come to a middle ground or, or just understand where they're coming from and, and find ways to convince them or to show them what there is to care about from their perspective. And yeah, just learning about the psychology of my audience and the Thai demographic or, or climate deniers even
0: cool. Um okay, if people wanted to follow in your footsteps, what advice would you have? Like what kinds of things did you face or what kind of tips and tricks did you have that, that really helped you?
2: So there are two things. Um first I would say when you have a big group of people, it's a lot easier when you have a team to help you manage. I've been doing this stuff pretty much alone, but like there's there's help here and there with small tasks. But for the core team, it's really just me. So it's a bit hard, you know, you can do all of these things. But at the same time, if you have a team, you don't have to do it all by yourself. And you also get outside advice or you get people who are, who are more skilled than you in this and you focus your time on something you're really good at. Second thing I've learned is that if you want to engage more and more people, you need to also reach out to audiences outside of your current one. Like you don't want to just encourage environmentalists to love the environment because that's just preaching to the choir, you know. So there are many different interests that you can put out to people and have them come into your cause. The way I frame climate change now is not just, you know, we're hurting the earth and the polar bears are dying, but more of like, hey, look, this is a violation of human rights. It impacts everyone. And I think, yeah, the the key to that is just showing everyone how it
1: is relevant to them and how they can relate to it and how it impacts them directly. So could you tell us a little bit about the people you work with and the people in your organization and the team and the, and the team you run like are they are they young people like you or? there are both young and old people, really just all ages. Um,
2: the, a, a big part of my, the people I work with are unfortunately a community of expats. It's a group of outside perspectives trying to convince Thailand to change, you know, so there's a lack of middle ground there. The kids who are helping me with are mostly from international schools, and the the adults are, who are helping me are a lot of foreigners and Thais who work in an international environment, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's actually a really good segue to kind of dive back into the your sort of IB experience, talking about, because you went to an international school, Um, Did your experience there play a role in your sort of comfort level engaging with the international community in Thailand?
2: Going to international schools have definitely defined my life, whether it's from knowing English or from hanging out with foreigners. And I went to exchange years and I, I travel and it's really just knowing a lot of different people. And once you see just how much, how diverse the world is, if that goes well for you, then you learn to accept all these different things. You're open-minded and you're you're not bound to this is right and this is wrong. I think international school students are a lot more inclined to raise up their hands or ask a question or like speak up for something
1: that they don't agree with or have open discussions. So I know you were talking about international schools, but was there any specific skills or skill that you learned during the IB that you've applied to to your career striking for climate?
2: I would say the IB has helped me as a person in terms of just uh, organizing my thoughts. Probably a lot with essay writing, yeah. <laughs> knowing yeah. the, the structure Fair. Fair to a, yeah. a, good, <laughs> a good essay or a good proposal. And honestly, IB was a lot more informative than university was to me. So I, I say this, and I don't know if it's just because the university program I went to, but strangely enough, essay writing isn't common sense to me as a, someone who writes for a living now or to IV students, essay writing feels like just something natural, you know, that if I were to put it on a bigger scale, then it helps you organize your thoughts. It helps you when you talk to people, when you're trying to convince people about something or you're trying to present an idea to someone,
0: a lot of students, I think, approach the IB, the internal assessments, the extended essay, the final exams as a really challenging, you know, sometimes um, difficult moment, to put it lightly. Looking back on your experience throughout your IB years, do you look at those things as challenging or difficult or do you kind of see them as like, wow, I'm really like, this is nothing now. Like, I can't believe I I made that such a big deal.
2: My time in IB Honestly, wasn't that hard. <laughs> to okay. compare to a lot of people, I, I took pretty s- simple subjects and which I liked. You know, I I genuinely enjoyed those. But I wasn't taking bio- biology, chemistry, and physics all at the same time like some of my friends did. You know, that's yeah. that's insane. But it's
1: funny how she's saying that it's like simple classes where we took the same class and I think it's so hard.
0: <laughs> but this is a good point. No, I mean, there's a good point in that there's a lot of flexibility to the program, especially at an international school. You know, you can enter into the IB program and you don't have to take the hardest HL classes. Yeah, I
1: feel like because the program is so flexible, you can sort of pick classes that cater to what you're really interested in or what you want to further study. We both select classes that we thought we really liked and would Help us in our career in the future.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. And and the people who did pick the harder classes, you know, they enjoyed that as well.
0: Tell us a little bit about your um, your university years. How did you think about the train? Was there a moment during university when you really knew that you were going to be a writer or a journalist in this sort of space?
2: So I left IB in grade eleven to go on an exchange year to Italy, but then I, I got back um, to university in Thailand and. It was very hard to fit in again because you know I grew up Mm -hmm. in international schools and then I went on an exchange year filled with different people from around the world and here I was in uh, a university with Thai people and and just a somewhat conformed group it wasn't hard to stand out but it was hard to
1: be okay with standing out when we were in international school when we were in KIS together it was like cool to stand out it was cool to be like A nerd sometimes and have good grades and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but when you're in a group and in a sort of society in a class with only like Thai people it becomes like weird and out of the norm for you to express yourself or raise your hand up in class or like being weird or being different which is okay yeah
0: you know you you spend a long time in international school and then you land in Italy someone asks you you know hey you were in Italy what did you like most what's your reply
2: pizza <laughs> pizza <Really>? okay fair <laughs> enough yeah <laughs> okay no but um my exchange here in Italy I think just the fact that there is so much in the world so much to learn and so much to see and so many people to meet that are different from you just and maybe back to your question about mm. knowing that I wanted to write yeah in Italy, I think that that was when I started growing a sense of like, wow, there's just so much to uncover, so many stories to tell, you know, so my my story personally has become the accumulation of all these stories. And and I don't want to talk about my stories. I, I just want to share these stories, but in my own lens. And that's mm. enough as a self-expression to me, being able to to. Tell these stories to other people and be like, hey, there's a different, completely different part of the world out there and people act differently and think differently. That was definitely the biggest part of my change here.
0: So what what is your dream job, I suppose? What would you like to be doing? Um, let's say two years from now?
2: I want to do environmental journalism if mm-hmm. it's not that I have to accomplish it, but this is my guideline that everything okay. I do in life is leading to this. So I know it's mm-hmm. a lot of hard work to put into, but that's what I want to do. Just learning every day, learning every day. That's definitely right. one thing from the IB, you know, it's just learning something new every day because there's just so much.
0: That's fantastic. I, th- I think that might be one of the learner profile attributes, a lifelong
2: learner.
0: Not to tie it into something you know, <laughs> that it might not be, but yeah. No, that's fantastic. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of students that, that I speak to through my job. Even if you're not identifying it specifically, there's a lot of stuff built in there that, that mm-hmm. I think has, has helped and catapulted students towards exploring in, in many different ways.
1: You also like, don't really realize how much of an impact and effect that it has on you. Also, mm-hmm. aside from the curriculum
2: itself, I, I think either the way the teachers taught or the way they were made to teach because of the IB... Mm -hmm. Was just really impactful. A lot of people ask me, like, what inspired you to do this? And I was like, I honestly don't know. But if I had to trace it to one thing, it would be my environmental science class in KIS. Definitely, definitely ESS with Mr. Park.
1: You know, like the IB teaches you to ask questions, like communicate with people in your class and share ideas and not be afraid to, yeah, share your ideas. And I think Mr. Park, like the way he taught it made us feel so made it so fun besides the fun
2: he made it so easy he yeah for for some reason the ib requires all of these textbooks for you but ess was mr part you know there was almost no open the textbook because it was as if he had read through the entire textbook it's all in his head already that he just comes out does this fantastic show about environmental science for an hour and but yeah, it was so easy to understand, and I think the biggest thing that has stuck with me today is, is just mm-hmm. knowing everything I see in my life, I could link it up, like trace it back to the origin of it.
0: Was there a day or an activity or debate that has like been seared into your mind as that was so cool? We
2: were we were talking about landfill waste maybe for one class, and I remember okay. I, I had this thought in my mind. I'm just like, huh, what about sanitary napkins? And I asked him that, and he's like. Lynn, what a great question. You're completely right. You know, this starts explaining about it, you know, whereas in any other class, it would have been like, oh, you know, what are you talking about? Stop. Yeah. yeah. But that was, you know, that first of all, I got my question answered. And second, yeah. I felt awesome. I felt like, damn, what a what a great question I raised up. And yeah, it's, it just encourages like a more of the questioning and a learning right. environment. I also have um, something from Mr. Pat, who's the art teacher. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's hear it.
2: We had um, pottery classes. Uh-huh. There was a, I was trying to make something, I guess. And I, I didn't know how to do it. So I asked Mr. Pat like, Hey, Mr. Pat, I don't know how to do this. How do I do it? And he was just like, try it. <laughs> yeah. and he, he, he said nothing else to me. And I was like, Oh, I guess so. So I did it, and, and then I
1: and then I learned how to do it. You know, yeah, that and like that I simple. F- I feel like the information isn't like fed to you sometimes through the IB. It's like more like you try and you tell me they want you to go try and find a out for taker. yourself.
0: But I think what we're finding is that the IB experience, whether it was PYP, MYP, DP, PYP, a little more difficult. I think it's hard <laughs> to remember back yeah. to, to elementary school as, as an adult.
1: Hey, I still remember all their photos. You still remember
0: the whole thing? Oh, we're going to interview <laughs> uh-huh. you next, uh, PYP. <laughs> but when we ask questions like, was there a teacher that inspired you? Almost always there was, and we're, we're finding that there mm-hmm. are a lot of yeah. IB teachers and people that left a really strong impact on their students, and a lot of that is built into the, the way the IB does professional development, the way mm-hmm. teachers um, approach the curriculum, and they approach kind of bringing international mindset to their school.
2: Also, just um, being able to accept that you don't know as teachers, I think that's very encouraging for students.
0: Self-directed learning, I think is the... Mm. This is actually a really great segue into kind of one of our (laughs) wrap-up questions. If people want to learn more about the environment, about the work that you do, where would you send them? Where can they learn more and, and educate themselves about the type of topics and issues that you're trying to advocate for?
2: Honestly, where to look like, where were to find out more about it? The mm-hmm. internet. <laughs> yeah. The internet is, is is crazy. You can know everything you've never been able to. And it's just up to you to ask those questions. But of course, and I guess this is where the IB comes in, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to ask the right questions when you don't know anything about something. Right. So I, I think in that way, our, our schools have really shaped us to be these people who know,
1: who are curious, yeah. and who are bothered to find out. So, last question. Are you hopeful about the environment? I wanted to
2: answer this because I'm not hopeful about the future of the environment. Okay. I'm very scared about it. That's the reason I do what I do. But I am i don't have a lot of hope for the environment or, or humanity.
0: What drives you? I mean, there must be this sort of spark that says, this I can make a change. This tiny bit
2: of hope, I feel. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if like I can make a change, but I feel like it's more of, I can't let myself not try. You know, I, I can't go years past and look back and be like, oh, I I didn't do anything. I, and and when it comes to career, I Mm -hmm. honestly can't think of anything else better to be doing. And the thing with the future is that you don't know what's going to happen is it's hard for me, Because that's my job, you know, to, to give people hope that like, yeah, we can do it. This strike is going to work. And I, I get discouraged a lot. Like there's, there's nothing better to be doing, you know, than, yeah. than trying to make it good.
0: I think that's great. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. It's almost like a life philosophy, right? I mean, you could sort of just sit down and sort of say, oh, I'll just be passive and let things float by. But mm-hmm. you, you got to really find your, yeah. your passion, your interests and go with it. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. I mean, it's been a pleasure and we will hope to stay in touch.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, read more great stories about Ivy Alumni on the web at blogs.ivo.org and on Instagram at Ivy Alumni.
0: That's it for today. Join us next time for another edition of Ivy Voices.